guys know we, we finished that up and then we did a whole month of Advent looking to Christmas and then we've had a couple standalone messages afterwards. But now we're back into going through the word. So 2 Thessalonians, like I just said, written shortly after 1st and it addresses a lot of the same issues. The first letter was written to a church that was established in three weeks. Remember, this is three to four weeks. Uh, It was a young church, and Paul was trying to prepare them for what was coming. Persecution. It is absolutely coming. Stuff, it's going to get gnarly for you guys. And he he challenged them on living like Christians in the midst of growing up in a different culture. It means following Jesus is going to mean changing the way you see the world and the way you live in the world. And so a lot of it had to do with the, the sexual nature of, of the, uh, you know, the, the world that they had lived in, grown up in. The area that they lived in was very uh, promiscuous and, and free and all that stuff. But what, it, what he said, hey, if you're following Christ, you, that you're not, that's not you anymore. That's no longer your identity. You're now following Jesus. And so I've, there's a better way. You know, and and so he looked at that, and then he also was reminding those who were being lazy and not working, and like, oh, the Lord's coming back. He'll be back. He'll be back coming any day. Paul's like, yeah, he's gonna come back, uh, but in the meantime, work really hard. Do do your best. You know, put in all the effort you possibly can. So, as he's writing the second letter, persecution's just gotten worse. So it it went from like kind of like bad to worse, but Paul is seeing their faithfulness continue on through that. So he's going to be kind of addressing some of that. Uh, we're going to find a lot a lot of other things too as we go through it. It's a short book, three chapters, and we're actually going to cover the first one today. All right? So if you guys want to stand, we'll read uh, the first chapter. It's only 12 verses. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast to you, uh, of you among the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing for, you to, for God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. God, we pray that you'd speak to us through it, that we would take these, these words and apply them to our hearts. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Lord, moving forward, God, we pray that you would, um, Lord, just be working deep in our hearts. Lord, uh, that you'd be doing deep works. Lord, the stuff that's untouched, that's below the surface, that you'd break that, that crust and, and get to the deep stuff, Lord. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness, your Holy Spirit that ministers to us and encourages us, Lord, and that you're just so patient. You're just so patient. You're so merciful. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, verse 1, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thess- Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, this is Paul's crew, okay? Silvanus was just another way of saying Silas. So you're like, who's this Silvanus? Doesn't he make TVs or something? I'm just kidding. You guys know, Sylvania or something? No, uh, it's, it's another name for Silas. So, you know, Paul and Silas. Silas is like his traveling companion. Timothy is like Paul's son. He loves him. He's like this faithful minister that he sends for him often. Is this working good? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. You're sitting down. Good. You see six, seven Chris stand up. It's like you notice, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love having him as our first baseman. I'll say that. All right. Uh, so this is his crew, his traveling companions. He immediately starts with a common greeting. He reiterates who they are, that they're establishing God in Christ. It's through grace, right? And so we see this, you know, common thread. But Paul starts this foundationally like that, which is good. It says, we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. So as you know, we kind of read through it. They're going to be talking about this gnarly persecution that they were enduring, that they were going through. But Paul is saying, we're bound to thank God always for you. We're we're just like bound to be so thankful for who you are uh, because your faith grows and the love for everyone is growing and abounding towards one another. So in the midst of these trials and what they're dealing with, the struggles, they are growing in faith and love. Their faith is growing. It's being, uh, well, that's the thing about trusting God through a trial. Your faith grows, which helps you to trust him more, which makes your faith grow more, right? You see God be faithful. Same thing, like, if you get involved in reading the word and you all of a sudden see God speaks to you through the word and it starts changing you, you go, oh my gosh, I need to read more of the word, right? So it's like one of those things. Or you pray and you see God start answering prayers. You go, wow, prayer is really important. So you want to keep praying because you start to see. It's, it's like you've got to taste and see, right? Have an experience with it. This is the Costco demo thing, you know, samples, right? You got to have a mask on in Costco, but they'll give you samples. I don't know how you eat it. You know, you're like, I'll take this home with me. I'll, I'll savor this, this little cup of mac and cheese for the rest of my life. Uh, no, you, so you see people like behind aisles, like, you know, kind of make, make themselves a little barricade of rice, you know, and then just like, this is where I will eat this dip and chips, you know. But the idea is, if you taste of these samples, you know, you might be interested in, buying the whole thing. They always have the whole thing there. I always feel kind of bad. I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to have the sample, you know? And so they go, hey, they're actually right there. I'm like, thank you. Oh, right over there? Thanks. You're like, uh, maybe. 
Maybe not. I don't know. They're not working off commission, I don't think, so it's probably okay. Uh, at least you're not taking like three of them at once. If you're that person, probably don't do that. I don't know. Um, that's between you and the Lord. Uh, but what he's saying is like, your guys' faith is growing exceedingly. This is actually what is produced when we are actually walking with God and, and persecutions come. Faith grows. Like, persecution is honestly Satan's worst, it's his worst tactic. I mean, it just, it does not work large scale. Generally, persecution leads to more growth. I think the, the, his best tactic has been apathy. I mean, apathy is, is by far the, the, the you know, least uh, fertile ground to grow your faith in. I mean, you can't do it. Apathy and comfort uh, we don't have to worry about anything. We were just talking before, like, the world has really dramatically changed over the last couple of years. And it's a, in some sense, you're like, it's a good thing to be awakened. Like, we live in a beautiful place. I mean, this place is, this is unreal. Especially those of you who didn't grow up in North County. M these are my people, okay? This is probably most of you, right? <laughs> is it amazing living here? Yes, right? It's amazing, right? And it's pretty safe, and it's all kinds of good things. You know, got the beach, we got good weather, all this and that. But, like, there, even in one of the best places in the, in the best country in the world, there's trouble, you know? Things are shaken up. Everything, everyone has been shaken up, and it reminds us, man, this is not home. This is not where we're going to end up. This is not where we belong. We are called to a greater task than just trying to make this place heaven. We're called to the real thing, the real mission. So their faith has been encouraged by enduring tribulation, going through stuff. But it's grown, and it's grown exceedingly. And the love of every one of you abounds towards each other. So they are marked by faith, and they're marked by love. And we're going to see in a little bit, they're also marked by hope. So faith, hope, and love is, is with them in enduring. So as we see uh, in the next section here, it says, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. You've become an example to the other churches. Not just that you endure, but that you endure in faith, hope, and love. And it's being manifest. See, a lot of times we think, all right, here's the battle. All right, here comes the persecution. White knuckle it through it. We just, uh, you know. One of the first things you had to learn, I started lifting weights, uh, especially in, in high school. We were football. You got, you got to put some muscle on, right? And so you start lifting. And one of the first things they have to teach you is not to hold your breath, right? Because you think it's a good idea to hold your breath. It's like, and he's like, you better breathe or else you're going to be unconscious with, you know, when you're first starting out, 95 pounds on your chest, you know, whatever. It's okay if, you, if it's still 95 pounds. But like you, you got the idea is like you've got to be able to maintain breathing through this and not just white knuckle it and grip it and all this and that. Uh, you know, you've got to be able to relax and chill and like, you know, be, don't, don't just try and, 
through it. And so the persecution that they've been enduring, it's not been a thing where they've been like, all right, here comes the persecution. I'm just going to be so strong. You know, no, what they were doing is they were trusting in the Lord. And as they're trusting in the Lord, they're abiding in him. As they're abiding in him, not only are they enduring, but they're not neglecting the things they're supposed to be, having faith, hope, and love. And, and so a lot of what we see right now in the church, unfortunately, is fear. Fear is taken over and rage, anger, not faith, hope, and love. Quite the opposite, right? So that's like a bummer, right? It's, it's not, not where we're supposed to be. It, it, it puts us, at, it gives us as a, a bad example, like really bad example to the world. So they're all looking at us and they're going like, man, you're supposed to represent Christ and, 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 you know, so we're like, well, we're just going to make it through. We're just going to hold on. We're just going to uh, grit through. You know, I, I, I can do it. I'm strong. I'm this and that. You're not strong enough. What we've got to do is rely on the person of Christ and the ministering of the Holy Spirit to make the yoke easy, to make the burden light. And that's the witness. That's the salt. That's the light. You literally can't make be a witness if we're working from uh, using worldly methods or worldly like uh, weapons. Weapons are, they're not carnal, but they're spiritual and they're powerful for pulling down strongholds. Right? The weapons of our warfare are not the world's weapons, and so our strength is not found like the world's strength. It's found in Christ and. As we're enduring in Christ faithfully, what the, the church that's an example of suffering looks like is one that is still in the midst of extreme persecution filled with faith, hope, and love. Does that sound like where you want to be? Who likes being around people who are fearful? Who likes being around people who are angry? No, nobody does, Right? And so God's saying, I'm giving you everything you need to know. I've got everything for you to help you endure the worst of the temptations that you'll possibly have to deal with. Don't worry about white knuckling it or holding your breath. Just trust me. I will meet your needs every morning. I'll be there for you. I'll take you through. You know, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it. He's working it all out in us and he will finish it. At the day, only he knows. But we, so he says, we boast uh, uh, of you among the churches of God for your patience. So we use you as an example. We're boasting of how well you guys are enduring. And so it's important to understand, tribulations, trials, they are just absolutely promised to us. They are, they are promised to us. That's one of the things Jesus said again and again. You will have trouble. You will have struggles. You will deal with persecution. They don't like me. They sure won't like you because you're like the worst version of me. So don't stress. Don't freak out. Put your hope in me. And so that, like we talked about last week a little bit, right? Where do we, where do we go for our info? Where do we go for our life? Where, what do we plug into? How do we spend our time? What are we being discipled by? Well, if it's the Lord, 
then there's a big change in us, right? We see all of these things come out of us. And if it's not the Lord, there is no way any of this will be produced. All that'll come is what's natural to us. We will do natural things. We will do man-like things because that's just what we are. The flesh will act like the flesh. Wow, you know? It's a funny thing, we have a cat. She acts like a cat. Every day, she acts like a cat. I mean, I try to get her to talk, she can't. Although sometimes it sounds like she says mom when she's like locked away. Mom, you know, maybe she's figured that one out with three, three kids. She's like, this is how you get her attention. Mom, and Tori's like, uh, I'll go get her. Cause she's soft, she's soft on the cat, which is good. But you can't treat her like you can't treat her like a dog. I mean, even though I've, sometimes you see him with a leash, you know. I can't. I, I'm not bringing her to a dog park. Come on, peaches. You know, I'm like walking around trying to get her to do the, the agility course. She'd be flipping out. You know, it's just what she is. It's, there's no way to get anything from it. So us naturally, in and of ourselves, in the flesh, we know what that is because we've experienced a whole lifetime of that before we knew Christ. And we can still experience it if we're not living in Christ now. But when we are transformed and literally transformed, this is where we got to actually believe and then uh, choose to be disciplined enough to, to sow in enough to get seeds and fruits and roots and all that that will lead to actual f- it, it happening in our own lives. Real transformation. Because, you know, the whole moral club thing, it's not, it's not, it's not what's up. We can't do that. You know, Mormons are good at, at faking the morality better than us, you know. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to be weird about that. But I'm just saying, like, we, we've got to be literally transformed from the inside out or else we're going to keep acting like what we were. It can look good at one point, but it, it's going to come out eventually what you really are. You know, and that's, uh, have you ever seen that there was a video? It was really, uh, it was a funny video. Somebody had a uh, golden retriever and they put a lion's mane around it. It was like a really big golden retriever. They put a lion's mane around it and they let it loose in a park. So it's like running up to people and people are flipping out because it might just be big enough to be a small lion in there. And you know, logic's not fully working. But if you hung out with that thing long enough, you know that's no lion, it's a golden retriever. So we can act like we're one thing, but eventually the more you're around it, the more it's ex- exposed, the more time you have around it, people's, yeah, they know the difference. So I think that's a lot of times why our witness is so weak to the world because people know us and they don't see transformation. Hey, listen, we've all been there we've all, and we can be there any day. But this is what Paul says the example of a church should look like. Enduring in faith, hope, and love. Extreme persecution, enduring in faith, hope, and love. Now, now, what this helps with is being ready for persecution, to know that there's going to be trouble, to know that there's an adversary that's coming against us, to know what Jesus warned us about, helps us to answer and respond properly to it when it comes. Because we're not just like a victim of like, you against me. It's like, no, no, it's more than that. So I know it's an attack from the enemy that's trying to get me to fight back with an attack from the enemy, which will lead as another attack to the enemy. I'm fighting on the wrong team. But as we see it come, here comes the persecution. No, we double down faith, hope, love. We trust God no matter what. We don't stop loving people, even the person who's persecuting you. That sounds a lot like Jesus. And we don't lose hope. He wins. God is in control. 
Like it's been written, it's done, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours, you know. Yeah, that's, anyway. So, verse six. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give uh, you who are troubled rest, with us the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. There's hope. Here's the hope part, right? This will not be forever. It won't be forever. But there's something about enduring. Like I said, I played football in high school and I'm so grateful for that experience because it taught, it teaches young men to suffer. (laughs) In any sport, you know, because you have hell week and it's 100 degrees and you're wearing your pads and you have, you have practiced in the, like half the morning and then you have it at night again and you're cramping and you're hurting and, you, and it teaches you to endure, in a sense, suffering to know, look, it's not gonna be forever and all of that matters when you get to the game because sometimes you're gonna wanna give up and you're like, nope, I know there's an end to this and so our hope lets us know this will not be forever. So even if our whole life is nothing but suffering, it's not forever. It's not going to be forever. No, it's, it's a blip of time. We'll spend eternity with Jesus, and, and we're going to spend eternity with him being part of what he's doing. And, and in the new heaven, the new earth, all the maladies, all the stuff we deal with here, they're just gone. And, and it's like this place where we can effectively be used and, and minister faithfully everywhere. We go, every part of, we'll be perfectly equipped and given the perfect task, and we will be fruitful in it. It's, it's the garden, right? Restored to us. So there's a hope this will not be forever. Evil, and there's also the hope evil will not win. It will instead be judged, right? It's gonna be judged. And we talked about this a little bit during the Advent series. A lot of it's like, God, why, do you, why aren't you wiping out evil? He's like, because I love people. If I wipe out evil, that's it. They're done. I want as many to choose to come before me as possible. I think hell is full of people who just are self-righteous. They don't care. They don't wanna, they don't wanna submit at all. I believe God reveals himself to every human somehow. Somehow he he. he pricks our hearts to, to, to deal with the real sin issue uh, and the, the autonomous issue we have, right? Going back to the garden. We do this a lot because really the first three chapters of Genesis kind of sets up the whole Bible. What was it all about? Oh, God doesn't want you to experience that. He, he doesn't want you to know what he knows. If you do this, you'll be like him, which basically means you won't need him, right? And then we see that played out. Then all of a sudden we see Cain killing Abel, right? Over what? Uh, Abel being higher than him? Oh, I better get him out of the way. I don't want anyone above me. And God says, hey, hey, 